With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's also Mackie and Judd time. Yes, uh, who are not pros at all. Well, not, even, not even really remotely. To we be try honest, to actually. Um, we, we're, we're being infiltrated. Our show is being infiltrated. We need to talk about this. Breached? Breached. We've been breached? We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Keenan. Desceu para 10. Keenan. Recua no pocket. Faz o lançamento para a recepção do Tinks. Que avança. Minha mãe do céu. Network, man, they ain't giving the Eagles no respect. No respect. I was, I was watching, no respect. Dude, I was watching an NFL Pick'em show, and they—it it was before the Vikings and the Saints had played, mm-hmm. and they said it didn't matter who won that game. It was going to be a cakewalk <laughs> through Philadelphia on their way to the Super Bowl. A cakewalk? A cakewalk. That's what they call Philadelphia. They called them a cakewalk. Oh, we're drum, we're drumming up narratives now. Oh, they're upset. Philadelphia, Philly. they're searching for things. Yep. I've got more. We had Don from Philadelphia calling yesterday. Donnie calling into Trash Talk. Which opened the floodgates. Very weak Philadelphia cliche generic Trash Talk. Which o- opened a door that we don't see much here. East Coast Sports Talk. No, because, you know, the divisions that our teams play in are, you get the Chicago Sports Talk. You get, uh, well, Wisconsin Sports Talk, which is And Packer Line is fantastic. It is in amazing. In its own way. Not a lot of encounters with, well, there's a lot of Yankees encounters, but those are, if we're being self-aware here, uh, <laughs> they, they don't even really acknowledge Minnesota, the Twins, because <laughs> the very, Twins haven't punched back in about 13 years on the Yankees. They're so. very quick encounters. Correct, yes. I, I don't know about you after yesterday, but I've got more Donnies and Vitos in my Twitter timeline from Philadelphia the last 24 hours. And I think each of their trash talk tweets averages like 33 misspellings. They're barely decipherable. I have Impressive. to go to Google Translate, Eagles fan. You just enter in the text and it kind of tells you, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Vito and he's 
and he's trash talking your quarterback with no self awareness. All right. It's like every elementary school bully you've ever known reincarnated as a grown meathead with a Brian Westbrook jersey and a gallon of muscle milk. That's my timeline the last 24 hours. Jersey Shore. <laughs> That's basically it. Yes. It's Jersey Shore. I'm from Philly. I'm from North Philadelphia. Born and raised. On the playground is where I spent most of my system. days. Thomas Edison, alumni in 1987. Wherever I went, I went to college in Santa Maria, California. Philly, we got the most swagger <laughs> ever. Wherever I go, everybody know. We walk different. We look different. You know what I mean? We talk different. We do everything different. We ain't that, that national thing, that's on them. But I know me and my crew... Philly, we got more swag than anybody. So much swagger. We, we've only won one meaningful title in like 40 years, but hey, we've got swagger in Philadelphia. We got, we got swagger, and, and we might not beat your team, but we'll beat you up. That's right. That's what's coming, Vikings. That's right. That's what's coming. We might not beat you, but we're going to beat up yes. your fan base that dares to show up. It's an amazing inferiority complex. I mean, the, the Philadelphia inferiority complex, I wasn't really, I've, I've sort of immersed myself in it the last couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impossible not to when you just open your Twitter mentions, but it's it's thick, it's palpable, it's Boston and New York envy at its peak. Even their radio hosts are trying to be Mad Dog Russo. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? John Barchard in again for the uh, midday show for Joe DeCamera. I mean, play that again. It's please. Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know what? I want you're not. Such, you're not Chris Russo. I want Such to start GL just like that today. <laughs> Ooh, That's what I want. What's going on, GLers? <laughs> That's what I Let's want. Let's talk right wing <laughs> social topics. <laughs> oh, can I rant How for good a minute? Would that be? Can I rant for a minute? Yeah, it would sure. be hilarious, by the way, at one o'clock. Yes. Or even Pat doing it from Florida at three o'clock would be hilarious. <laughs> from Fort Myers. One thing I'll say about Minnesota sports fans, and I think and Chip's in here, he's gonna join us here in a little bit. We're pretty self-aware. Would you agree? Like we're we know where our teams stand. We know it's been a bad run lately. Uh we're not delusional. We don't thump our chests for titles that were won fifty years ago. Like we're we're self-aware in that we're pretty embarrassed by the state of Minnesota sports in general in the last 25 years. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely fair. Philadelphia fans, on the other hand, if I could create a Ross Perot-like chart of bravado versus actual success of Philadelphia sports teams and compare it to like Boston and New York, the gap is pretty embarrassing. The, the lack of self-awareness is pretty embarrassing. Outside of one World Series win by the Phillies 10 years ago, Philadelphia hasn't been championship relevant in decades, yet they chirp like Patriots fans, like Yankees fans, like Red Sox fans. Dwight Eisenhower was the president of the United States the last time the Eagles won a championship. But if you listen to their fans talk about swagger and talk about you come into our stadium and we'll kick your ass Mm -hmm. and we're going to make you guys. Hello, the Vikings actually have. 10 more division titles than you since they became a franchise. The Vikings have won the NFC more often than you since they became a franchise. They have more playoff appearances. They have more Hall of Famers. And yet, we're self-aware the Vikings have this pretty large missing thing called a Super Bowl ring, too. So, like, there's no false bravado on 
the Viking side of things in general. There's going to be isolated fans. I get that. It's not the 1970s anymore. The Broad Street Bullies and Mike Schmidt are living in retirement communities, okay? Rocky's last big fight was in 1985 in Russia. So I'm just astonished by the gap between how much bravado there is and how little there is in terms of championship success to back it up. I believe the stat I saw today was was the Eagles won the National Football League Championship in 1960. I don't think they went back to the playoffs for 20 years. We are, so so in this state, we're incredibly passive-aggressive, and our, our default position is to apologize, right? Oh, our teams aren't very good. The Vikings are going to something bad's going to ha- happen. This is just our team. We're, We're scared sorry. of our own sports shadow. Yeah. In Philadelphia, imagine this. Imagine waking up, getting out of bed, and being prepared the second that you put your foot on the ground to fight about your sports team. You haven't had a beer yet. You're not. You're certainly not intoxicated unless you're still drunk from the previous night. You get up and your and your default position is. Let's fight about this. Dude, okay. Let's let's fight about the Phillies. If you dare question if the NFL Network has the gall to come here, I'm going to go up on that set and I'm going to kick all their asses because they wouldn't talk about my team the way I wanted. In fact, actually, here's a more toned down version of that. Here is a here is an elementary school recess playground bully that has popped up in my Twitter feed. His name is Vito, and he tweeted, "Boo hoo! Somebody yelled at you when you wore enemy colors in their house." Dear God, what is this world coming? <laughs> Two, I think. Uh, and yet, I've been to stadiums where people have been stabbed or beaten to death. We just make you feel bad. Translation: Hey, don't worry. We probably won't stab you, but we might. But we might beat you up and kick you several times. My whole thing with this whole underdog thing, I feel like you, man. Ethel, like seriously. We've been doing this all year, so it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody how good we're doing or whatever the case may be. I mean, if everybody wanna embrace, I mean that's their problem. But as far as me, I think we can go in there and we can be anybody. I mean, yeah, I think it's two here here's what it is. It's two franchises still looking for their first Super Bowl championship. It's two franchises with a lot of dread buried deep down within each fan. One fan base in general, I'm overgeneralizing, one fan base takes that dread and mostly watches in in fear of what's going to happen next mm-hmm. Vikings fans mm-hmm. the other the other fan base seems to just go over the top with overcompensation and projection mm-hmm. and just try to sort of like push down those feelings of insecurity through trash talk and meatheadery that's what I've noticed in the last 48 hours and you know what it's fun just you know what Vikings fans uh, <laughs> watch your back if you go to Philadelphia I, I, I guess don't don't thump your chest too much. You know, historically, the Vikings are like BASF for the Eagles, where they don't make a lot of the things that you buy. They make a lot of the things that you buy better, mm-hmm. like Chris Carter. Chris Carter couldn't really hack it in Philadelphia. You put him in a better infrastructure, Minnesota becomes a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Randall Cunningham couldn't complete a pass in Philadelphia for seven years. Bring him to Minnesota in 1998. He's the MVP of the league, basically. Throws for almost 4,000 yards and the most touchdowns ever. Sam Bradford... The Vikings are BASF for Philadelphia Eagles players historically. Yeah, the, the only place that that has not uh, transpired so far is in the playoffs where, where the Vikings have gone to play. In fact, in 1980, after Rashad caught that ball and 
that that Vikings team, which was not a great team, went to the playoffs. I believe their first game was Philadelphia. They lost there. And then when they beat the Packers in the wild card game in what would have been, what, the 2004 season, they went to Philly and lost there. So the one place where they do have to uh, get over an imaginary hump is beating the Eagles. I know we had a stop in between, but you didn't mention the BASFing of Donovan McNabb. Yeah, you know what? That one didn't he, work out so well. His uh, his ground ball fungo bat <laughs> worked really well I'll, as a quarterback with the Vikings. I'll never forget when he had Vicente <laughs> Shanko wide open in the flat, wide open in the flat, and the ball landed three yards in front of Shanko. And Shank on just the ground. threw his arms yes, up. Yes, he did. It was one Look at this effing guy. Yeah. In general, when the first thing you talk about at your introductory press conference at training camp is all of the fast food restaurants you're going to hit up in Mankato, it's probably not good foreshadowing. Not only did he do that, he came back about a week a- after that and reminded those restaurants that he was still coming and wanted free food for him and his line. I've seen Case Keenum play. I've talked about his game against the Packers before. Their offensive line is suspect. Their defense on the road is 10th ranked, not first. This game fits our offense perfectly. We are going to win this game 24 to 10. Not one team has scored more than 13 points against the Eagles in two years. It'll be 17-10. Mr. Keenum will throw a pick late to make it 24-10. There is no reason to worry about being an underdog. The Eagles are at home. This is our year. And to quote Bobby De Niro from Midnight Run, we have come too far, Michael. We are going to the Super Bowl. We are going to win it. That's some amazing overcompensation for the fear deep down that the Eagles will disappoint yet again. I will warn you all again, if Philadelphia wins, though, Super Bowl week, it's going to be a hellhole here. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be because they're going to show up with tickets or without, without more likely. And they are going to infiltrate our downtown and our malls, and they are going to rub our faces in it every chance they get. There will be fights in this town. Skolny tweets into the show. All you guys need to know about Philadelphia sports is that their most iconic sports figure is fictional. At least we haven't built a statue for Gordon Bombay. (laughs) Absolutely correct. Oh, my God. Maybe we should, though. We probably should, actually. Yeah. (laughs) 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Chip Scoggins is going to join us when we come back. We'll talk a lot more Vikings. Later on, we also have, this is from a Philadelphia sports blog, how to survive an Eagles fan attack if you're a Vikings fan going out Time east for notes. the game this weekend. Uh, yeah. Before we go anywhere, a quick word for the group that helped me make a lot of money off the sale of my condo last year, almost a year ago now. The Chris Lindahl team. It's the number one REMAX results team and one of the top REMAX results team uh, teams in the country. Chris Lindahl is going to help you understand the modern-day marketing, and some of the 2017 strategies that you can be implementing to help make maybe between thirty dollars and $60,000 more on the sale of your home. Visit SellerWorkshop.com if you want one of the limited seats to the Seller Workshop happening January 29th through the 31st. You're going to get up to speed on all of the tricks and how to make a competitive environment or create a competitive environment for the sale of your home. I experienced this a year ago. It's incredible. Made a lot more money than I ever thought selling my condo. 
you can sell your house for a lot more money than you thought by hooking up with Chris Lindahl and the Chris Lindahl team. That's sellerworkshop.com or 763-401-SOLD. Mackie and Judd are back, back, back. on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, proud sponsor of The Beer Show, heard tonight 6 to 7 on 1500 ESPN. And now on Mackie and Judd, National Sports Media Association Sports Writer of the Year, from the Star Tribune, Chip Scoggins. Okay, yes. come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Take thank a you. bow. Come on. Yep. Oh, oh there's more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everybody. Yeah, the crowd goes crazy, right? Scott gets multi-time trash winner talk. of the Minnesota Come Sports Come on, trash talking us now. Go fill it Can you see me trash talking? No. Come on, Pioneer <laughs> Press. Come right. get this. That's right. You know, Shooter won it like 18 I times know. in 20 years. I know. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if, if they forgot about Sid or what. <laughs> he got tired of winning. Yeah. So uh, what's what's the ceremony like? Are you going to go out there and get uh, pampered with yeah, gifts? Yeah, I think. I, and... Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's. Uh, I went. Um, I think my first time three years ago, four years ago, and it's really cool because uh, they do a great banquet, um, and then they have uh, writers and broadcasters going to Hall of Fame, writers and broadcasters that are national uh, of the year. And I mean, the year I went the first time, it was um, Rick Riley, who was my hero as a writer growing up. Sure. Uh, was going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Marv Albert was there, Bob Costas. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of, you know, and then a lot of friends from around the country. Yeah. But uh, it, it was John Elway introduced Rick Riley. So they, when you're a National Hall of Fame guy, someone introduces you. And John Elway introduced uh, Rick Riley. Bob Costas introduced uh, Marv Albert. So it was it was who, a cool night. Who, which which former player or current player that you've covered? Shanko, would he introduce you? <laughs> who would right. you bring <laughs> Mace, no, no, I got it. Mace. Yeah, it's got to be Mace. Glenn Mason for yeah. sure. That'd be a good one. That's right. I think Tim Brewster could yeah. be in that mix too, maybe. That's right. But this year, I think uh, I think the Hall of Famer is Bryant Gumbel and uh, Thomas Boswell. And then uh, Adrian wow. Wojnarowski is the national writer. Bryant Gumbel for his work on Thursday Night Football 10 years ago? Well, probably. Yeah, I think it's more of a lifetime achievement, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was for the no, football package. No, no. When he actually yeah, passed what, gas on, on air one day, <laughs> that was the really. The, oh yeah, happened? yeah. They they're a pro football talker. Somebody actually is like, this sounds very odd. And so we went back and they they isolated it, and it was all very uncomfortable. Oh boy! So somebody passed gas, and it was either Collinsworth or Gumble, and they thought it was Gumble. Oh, yeah, man. Collinsworth is a true professional. He would never. Yeah. Hey, it happens, you know. Happens the best of us. Come on. Oh man. Hey, can we take a quick call? We're yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the, and apparently in this uh, trash talk battle with another insecure <laughs> yeah. sports franchise that is overprojecting. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Chris, you're on the show. Hey guys, love the show, Chip. Congratulations. Thank hey, you. I I'm a transplant uh, Minnesotan, so I've lived here for about eight to nine years now. And you know, earlier on, you guys were talking about how. Minnesota fans have a real sense of where they are and, you know, what the status is of their sports team. And I totally, I think that's a fair assessment. I would challenge, though, on the other end of looking at it and saying that I think the Minnesota fan is a fair weather fan. Um, you know, I think 50%, maybe 60% of the fans that are going crazy right now are, um, are, are true and true, but the other, you know, 50 to 40 um, just jump on the bandwagon. Um, and I think that's the difference. What you may see between an Eagles fan and a Vikings fan is is they are true and true to their team. 
Um, so love the show and just kind of give you a food for thought. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I agree, by the way. I think I think the difference is this. We now, now Vikings might be the one team where that's not true. Yeah. The rest of our teams, if they get bad, we move on. We move on, yeah. Uh, I think with, with the Vikings, it's such a huge uh, fan base that I don't don't agree there. But but on the East Coast, I mean, that's a blue collar sports is what you got. I mean, that is there. There is no to me. There's no comparison in in the cultural importance, like in Boston of those teams or Philly to here, because we got a lot of different things yeah. to do. Well, it, the thing I've noticed in this town too is like when a team gets hot and it's an unexpected success or just has a playoff run or whatever. We tend to get on board and really get on board, whether it's the Wild that first time when they went in the, the playoff run, go for women's basketball. Remember when they were going to the Final Four first time with Lindsey Whalen? That became, you know, a huge story in town. Anytime the Twins pop up, um, you know, if go for football ever gets big again, that's they're going to come out of the woodworks for that. So I think, and, and, and that's probably not unlike a lot of markets, that whenever you have this kind of happening in your town, the casual fans sort of jump in because that's where the you know that's where the party is or that's where the crowd's yeah. going. I've never, I guess, I've my theory on this in the four years that Judd and I have been doing this show together. I'll never fault a fan in a market where there's a million things to do. There's a million different places to spend your sports or entertainment dollar. Just think about. Let's start with sports first and foremost. It's one of the only cities in the country. There's only like a maybe what six or seven mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. Ten or fewer cities with the four major professional sports I think teams. Eleven, right? Eleven. Yeah. And then you have a world champion dynasty Lynx team that packs the house eight to fifteen thousand fans in the arena, depending playoff game. You've got major air quotes college football and <laughs> and college basketball. You got, and then you've got cabins around the state and outdoor things. There's mm-hmm. there's a there's a million things to do. So if a fan comes and says, "I've been a diehard Timberwolves fan for fifteen years." And everyone else can go, you know, bleep themselves. Well, you've been flushing a lot of money down the toilet for 15 years. I would have no problem with you spending your money elsewhere, yeah. going and doing something else until they hire someone who can turn the thing around like they finally did. It looks yeah, like. and I don't really think that's, I mean, people call that jumping on a bandwagon, but I think yeah. it's, it's just sort of the nature of the beast that whenever there's a cool story going on in town, people are going to gravitate to it. Yeah. I, I think the difference is this. I don't think the majority of, of sports fans in this town identify their self-worth with that team. Now, mm-hmm. the Vikings come as close as you can Vikings possibly are get. Vikings are different. You go to the East Coast, there's a lot of people there who who their, who their day is either made or it's broken by how their team does. And that's a flaw. The, that's a flaw. It's, it's sort of cool. It's a flaw, though. I would much rather uh, go to a Twins game and they get beat 8-5 to five and you're like, okay, cool, fun time, than... You know, I'm going to call the sports talk station the next day, and I'm going to demand for the fourth starter to be. But that's how on the East Coast a lot of fans operate. Yeah. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Jim, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Chip Scoggins hanging out too. Yeah. Hi guys. It's Hi, not bandwagon jumping. It's being a realistic, aware sports fan. If the dang team doesn't want to try or they're sitting on their butts not playing well, why support them to the umpteenth degree? Make them earn the support. I've been a Vikings fan since the beginning. I'm 62. They lost their first Super Bowl on my 14th birthday. I mean, come on. You know, I've been with them all along. 
But if they're not playing well, like 41 Donut, I'd turn that bloody game off 90 <laughs> seconds into it. I yeah. know knew where it was going. Yeah, it's being realistic. You know what it is, too? Like, Jim, you know, and this wasn't always the case, but Wrigley Field throughout the 90s and early 2000s. Well, no, but even, like, it was empty for a long time, but Wrigley Field, when the Cubs were bad in the last 20 years, was packed a lot, even for day games. And uh, and they were still making money, and, oh, Sammy Sosa hits home runs, but we're going to lose the game 10 to 8. Sometimes empty stadiums and empty arenas force action. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate (laughs) you, Jim. Uh, let's take our Bob in Pennsylvania. I think, Bob, you're, this is Ventline, Bob, right? Yeah. Yes. Bob's one of my favorite callers. Oh, all right. All right. Bob's a Vikings fan in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Bob? Hi, Bob. All right. First of all, to the guy who said that Vikings fans are fair weather, every Vikings fan I know, including myself, have been fans for many years. All four Super Bowls, Gary Anderson missed. Blair Walsh, Miss, it doesn't matter. We're going from Metropolitan Stadium, the greatest frozen tundra ever, Bud Grant, Purple People Eaters, Fran, Foreman, everybody, Carl, Allen. The present time right now is about Case Keenum and the Eye of the Tiger coming into Philadelphia for this type of fan. In the local paper, I live in the Lehigh Valley in Eastern PA. Here's a headline. Eagles va- Eagle fan ejected for punching a police officer and a horse. This guy was trying to get into the stadium in the Eagles game. He punched a horse. A horse! Yeah. In f- he couldn't in, get into the game. In fairness, Bob, the horse did say a couple degrading things about Nick Foles. So <laughs> both sides of the story are important here, okay? <laughs> officer were okay, thank God. But, you know, this is an Eagle fan. Now, in the in the NFC division game, when you looked at the StubHub tickets for the Eagles game to get into the upper deck, they were about $300. You know what it said on StubHub? If you bought those tickets, no alcohol. You know why? Because Eagle fans have no self-control. <laughs> they would throw, you know, if you were a... Uh, uh, a fan of an, of the other team, they throw stuff at you because they don't, you know, they just don't have any control. Uh, on the other on the other hand, when you looked at the StubHub tickets for Vikings upper decks, he didn't say that. Eagles fans are an exception to the rule because they're out of control. You know what else I think they're putting on those Eagles tickets now, StubHub and everywhere. Don't eat the Tide Pods. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's official now, Bob. Hey, Bob, oh, who's, who's starting at quarterback for the Vikings this weekend? My man, Case Keenum. He has the highest quarterback rating of all four quarterbacks alive right now. Up to date, if you check it, he has the highest rating. He will go into Philadelphia, and he will come out a winner because he has a team around him, defense travels, we have better coaching, our kicker is on the rise, we're coming into Philadelphia and we're going we're gonna to break the spirit of Philadelphia and their fans, and we're going to the Super Bowl because we have a better team, we're favored for a reason, 
I don't think the the Eagles playing this up that they're the underdog has, is going to have anything to do with the game because the Vikings, if they play their game, are a better team and they should win. So, are you going, I'm Bob? Forward to a big win. Are you going to the game? I'm going to go to the game if I can get a ticket. It's tough to get a ticket. Are you going to wear Viking garb? You know, I have to. You got to go in enemy territory with your. It's very dangerous, on. Bob. I'm concerned about your well-being. Look, you know what? I'm a physician, so I, I understand how to recover. If I have to go through the, you know, those types can you treat of yourself? You know, I, I've got good hospital connections. You know, I've been <laughs> in practice for many years, so. You know, it, it, I'm prepared for it. Awesome. All right, Bob, we're looking forward to your hopefully drunken celebratory phone call on Ventline this Sunday. Talk All to right. you soon, man. Great call, Bob. Likes. All right. Bye. Bob, Bob, Bob called into Ventline. Well, he calls everyone. He's awesome. Is that real? He's a, yeah, he's a fan. In, yeah, it's not, it's not a bit. No, okay. Bob, Bob in Pennsylvania. He called in like three games into Case Keenum's run there, like in October. And he said, guys, guys, there's something about this Case Keenum. There's something about him. He's got the eye of the tiger. <laughs> eye of the tiger. And, you know, for a while it was like, Bob, let's pump the brakes, man. It's Case yeah. Keenum. Let's pump the brakes. But, like, he's got the but eye after th- that throw on Sunday, I don't know how else you would describe it other than it's the eye of the tiger. For sure. <laughs> Bob <Yeah>. was prophetic. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, let's come back. Chip Scoggins hanging out with us. It's Mackie and Judd. We're talking Vikings. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackey and Judd. Also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. You know, it's three days ago, so it's time to get on to, on to Philadelphia and understand the things we have to do. I think our players uh, are smart enough to understand what, what's going on, so um, I don't see any problem. Chip, if you're a huge college football guy, yeah, I, I said this to Judd earlier in the week. If this was college football and that type of a win took place, let's say I don't know, whatever, late in the season, some big win, you beat the number one team in the country in heroic yeah. fashion, Auburn, Alabama game from a few years ago, I would say guaranteed letdown yeah. to some degree the next week because it's college kids. Yeah, do you feel that way about the Vikings? No, no, and uh, I think you started to see that shift. Uh, really even Monday, but definitely yesterday you felt that where guys just did not want to talk about that anymore. They had, they had moved on, and and Zimmer, uh, Kyle Rudolph had mentioned that during the team, when he met with the team Wednesday morning before starting the day, Zimmer mentioned that, hey, when I was at Dallas, went to the NFC Championship in 94, 95, won the Super Bowl. I haven't been back since. Mm-hmm. So this is not yeah. guaranteed, so get your feet back on the ground, right? Do, do not mess up this opportunity. And uh, I just... I, I think um, there's a maturity about this team that I really think that they've done a good job of whether they're winning eight in a row or, you know, is case a week by week thing. They just sort of live in the moment. I don't think they've really got distracted by anything. And I, as great as that was and, and as much of an emotional high that, that, that moment was, I, I don't worry about like the hangover or are they still on cloud nine or anything like that. I think they'll come in with the right focus. My sense is this, Chipper. Uh, I sense that this team is very confident, but you don't get a, a lot of hubris from this team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, as as boring as they were in their quotes on uh, Wednesday, that's the smart play. Mm-hmm. And this team doesn't lack confidence, but they also don't have any interest in telling you how good they think that they are. And I think that's a that's a fine line to walk there, but it's a very smart line to yeah, walk. Yeah, and it, it really stems from, well, I mean, you talk to anybody, but, you know, Case Keenum's not going to get caught up in, 
this is unbelievable what you're doing, right? I mean, he, he doesn't want to have those conversations. Every time he comes up with him, you can just see he's sort of cringing. Uh, Harrison Smith, when you talked to him, him about I after the uh, might have been the last regular season game, um, someone said, uh, you know, you guys are a great defense. He said, well, I wouldn't call us a great defense yet, and uh, or I wouldn't I wouldn't say that about ourselves. I said, really, you wouldn't call yourself great? He said, no, there might be a time for that, but we haven't done anything yet. At some point, we might be able to say that, but we can't say that now. And that's sort of how that whole team is. I mean, I think they know they're good. But they're not cocky. They're not, um, you know, they don't presume anything. Yeah. I mean, they think they have to, they know they have to go out and earn it. I mean, part, part, here's a great example of that. You could split hairs, regular season offensive, you know, who, who's the greatest offense of all time between the, the greatest show on turf Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. So, the, like the 1999, the 2001 Rams or the 1998 Minnesota Vikings. Well, the Rams won a Super Bowl in 1999. Mm-hmm. On turf, right? That game was played on turf too. Mm-hmm. I think it was an indoor game or a turf game, whatever it was. Atlanta, right? So there's, yeah. yeah. So there's really no debate because the Rams paid it off with their great regular season offense. They paid it off throughout the playoffs and the Super Bowl. This Vikings defense, it's not an all time defense, but it was number one points, number one yards, number one third downs, maybe historically good third downs. If you go through the whole bracket and you wind up beating Drew Brees, even though your offense had to bail you out, and then eventually Tom Brady. And you you stamp it in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Now we can have that conversation that Harrison Smith's talking about. Yeah, and I think they they've all whether it's Linval Joseph Barr, whoever you talk on that defense, they all say the same thing that what they've done in the regular season is great, but they'll be defined by how they do in the postseason. Mm-hmm. If, if they can go all the way and win the Super Bowl, then all right, then you can start saying where do they uh, rank historically. This was you know a, a historical. Defense that you can mention, maybe not the '85 Bears, but some of the great defenses that have won Super Bowls. But yeah. that's that's their benchmark. It's what you do in the postseason, and and I sort of appreciate that too because you know you you might otherwise find some guys like yeah we're number one defense. You know, look what we've done. Yep, we're not getting enough credit, or people aren't talking about us enough. You don't yep. hear that from them at all. The thing that I I appreciated the most uh, post game after the Saints win was this. I didn't hear from one player. You doubted us. Yeah, you didn't believe. You're not. I can't. I mean, that is such a football cliche. But I can't t- tell you the, the amount of times, Chipper, that we've gone in post game rooms, and that's the first thing you get. But all, all you doubters are here now, right? We didn't hear that no. once. Well, it's hard when you when you when you win thirteen games and have the number one defense to say people doubted you. I mean, because everybody's been picking them. But they've really been trying a, to. They've been trying, and yeah. they've been yeah. favorites in their la- Vegas has them favorites in the yeah. last two games. And too. I give I give Zimmer a lot of credit in terms of setting the template for that mm-hmm. and um, kind of setting the narrative. And you know, last year was not a good year in terms of how he handled situations. Some of the self-inflicted his own doing, um, how he handled certain things. This year, the way he's handled this team, handled success, handled the quarterback situation, as much as people, it might have driven them crazy, they wouldn't say, Case is the guy, he's the starter. Yeah, He handled that perfectly because it kept Case sort of on that edge that, hey, I, you know, he's always had that kind of, I got to prove everybody. Well, Zimmer kept him right on that edge again. And with his defense, it was never good enough, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you walked in there, Judd, after a game and said, well, we haven't played the perfect game. We're still trying to find that perfect game. So even when they're holding teams to whatever ridiculous amount of points and yards, they're, they're, they'll still point out their flaws and their mistakes. It's got to feel pretty good if you're the Vikings that you didn't play a flawless game by any means against maybe the best team in the NFC. I know that record-wise they weren't, but the Saints were so hot, mm-hmm. and you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's a legit defense and a pass rush, and 
You've got guys flying around the secondary, and you made a bunch of mistakes. You threw a bad interception, and you had a bad sack, and your defense was leaky in the second half, and you still won the game. You're probably not going to perform that poorly on defense against the Eagles. And that's why I think, to go back to the original point, I don't think it's going to be an issue for them to get their feet back on the ground because Zimmer brought him in there. He said, block punt, ridiculous interception that we throw up for grabs, a fourth and ten. I mean, they that second half, they made a lot of things that probably, you know, well— Took them this close to getting beat, right? Yeah. And they survived it. And so I think that's his way of saying those mistakes, you're not going to get to the Super Bowl if you're having block punch, you're having just throwing balls up for grabs that get picked off. And so I think that's where they can look at and say, you know what, we haven't done anything. We got to play better. Yeah. Let's actually, we have uh, Deb on hold here. Let's take one call before we take a quick break. Chip Scoggins hanging out with us. The National Sports Media. Association, uh, okay, Minnesota okay, okay. Sports right. Writer of the Year. That's a mouthful, but you've earned it. Yeah, you're it a great writer, even though you're way too humble. Uh, Deb, you're on, Deb from North, uh, from South Jersey. You're on with Mackie and Jeb. What's up, Deb? So pumped. Okay, I am from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I lived there for 30 years. I've been living in stinking Eagles country for 15 <laughs> years, and I am having so much fun. Are you uh, so? Uh, we, we've had some very stereotypical Philadelphia Eagles, like the stereotype Philadelphia sports fan called in yesterday. They're blowing up our Twitter feeds. Is that representative? Like, is that how Philadelphia sports fans really are in mass? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Obnoxious as can possibly be, right? It is all true. I mean, they are so insanely crazy. So I'm walking around in all my Vikings gear proudly with my hat and my jacket. I'm just, you know, getting gas. And people <laughs> are looking at me like, what is that? Yeah, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah. it's not How good. dare you? Be careful, Deb. Yeah. Well, I'm fine. I just right. stop, quietly put my purse down, and do the skull chant. That's good. Oh, yes. yeah. That's, that's not good. a good idea, Deb. Yeah. I advise against that. Yeah. That's a uh, wrong that, part of the country to do that in right if now. If you want your last word of life to be skull, then it's it's a good idea. But just be careful out there. Uh, but I am getting a few people sneaking up to me, which is really great, saying, I'm secretly rooting for the Vikings. <laughs> so, but they are very quiet. It's, you know, behind corners and things like that. So because they are diehard here, but I'm having a ball and I am finding some Vikings fans. And when it rains purple right here in my neighborhood, I'm going to be so excited. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for checking in with us. We appreciate uh, getting the vibe from South Jersey. Be careful, Jersey, Deb. Deb. Be very uh, careful. I will protect myself. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Take All care. Right. Bye. Good stuff. All right. Let's let's come back here. Chip Scoggins is hanging out with us. Uh, is Tom, is Pelissero going to join? Or are we still unsure about that? Ten thirty. Ten thirty. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network and uh, former host on the station. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. It can actually be a little exciting. On fifteen hundred ESPN. This Saturday, you can join Reavers at Lacan's Marine at Faribault from 10 until noon for their January open house. Stop into Lacan's Marine between now and the end of the month for exclusive boating fun featuring select fishing boats, outboards, pontoons, seminars, and more. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. How's it going? I'm... Oh, my God. What's oh wrong? My. What's wrong, man? You act I, like there's I, something I, wrong. I'm just trying to stop the tears from rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh. 
this never happens for us. Uh, <laughs> it never happens that we get lucky. Tell me about but, it. Oh my God, Case Keenum, I love you except for that stupid throw. That yeah. stupid, Dude, stupid that was throw. That was bad. After they scored that touchdown, but you know what? We got it. It doesn't matter. We got it. That was Jeff on oh, VetLife. Jeff. Jeff in Minneapolis. And now we get to go through it all again oh, on Sunday. Man, dude. Yeah, Entire yeah. process. Yeah, exercising demons, half-century yeah. demons, is never a frolic through the daisies, right? It's it's no. going to be a grind. And even if you win this game, then it's going to be this, two weeks of yeah. grind. And then probably Tom Brady and the Patriots. Can you imagine this town for two weeks? Oh, it'll be fantastic. Oh. It would be so much fun. And then the other way, if they lose and it's Eagles fans here for two so weeks. We, so we hired Chris Hine from the Chicago Tribune to be like our new analytics writer. Mm-hmm. And um, he tweeted out last night that, and he's been here, I think, three weeks. And he tweeted out last night that the mood and vibe he gets around town feels like when he was in Chicago with the Cubs run. That it feels like that sort of, I don't know if it's exercising demons or just euphoria or just galvanizing the entire community. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, where you walk into a grocery store and all of a sudden the whole produce section. (laughs) I think the Diggs play, though, that that comparison is probably pretty solid. That Diggs play in and of itself did so much for this town. I mean, when you consider, I mean, this is a franchise that's been around since 1961. It's been good for a long, long time. It's gone to a lot of very crucial games. And for the most part, it has never, the defining plays are always bad. Or heartbreak, yeah. So when you think about that that one play, that comparison, I, I really think that if you, if you were looking uh, for what bin to put Vikings fans in, it's what was the Cubs bin, the Red Sox bin, I don't think there's a lot of people. If, if you're a Browns fan, you just stink. Like mm. you're like it's sad, but you just you're just bad. Detroit, same thing. The Vikings fan is in this unique position of following a really successful franchise, where when it gets to the most crucial moment, they blow it, and this time they didn't. And 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 the thing is that I think added to that was, I mean, they walked right to the edge of that cliff again. I mean, you know, feet dangling over the cliff and. To have it go the other way, I think that's why you just see you, the reaction and the, even the sustained reaction four days later of people that still are. Did that happen? Did I yeah, see it, what I it, really it, saw? It was like the end of the the Michael Keaton Batman with uh, with Jack Nicholson playing the Joker in, from spoiler yeah. alert, nineteen eighty nine, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and the Joker throws Batman over the the edge <laughs> of a high rise, but but Batman had the yeah what you call it the uh, like the rope that he attached, and actually yeah. it was the Joker who then fell off the building. Yeah. That's like that was the end of that game, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's, it's and, and like every tortured fan base, Red Sox, you know, Judd and I made a list of this a couple days ago. There's always that pivotal moment, the Red Sox 86-year curse. You almost have to feel like you're dangling over the edge of a cliff, and then there's a pivotal moment, the Dave Roberts stolen mm-hmm. base, and then the, the David Ortiz game winner, and then all of a sudden you come back from down three games to none. If you're the Cleveland Cavs and you've never won a championship since your franchise's inception and you blew the first era of LeBron James, and he comes back and now you're down, yeah. now you're down three games to one to the Warriors, and it's just over, and then you come back, right? That was you were down three games to one or three games to none late in that game against the against the Saints, and you came back to win the series, so to speak. Yeah, and, and the thing that makes it so unique is that literally has never happened in the history of 
NFL playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, we a lot of times we like to say it's kind of cliche, ah, I've never seen anything like it. Well, no, no one's ever seen anything like that's <laughs> never happened. I mean, that's the, and I think that's what kind of gave it that rare, unique um, quality to that to that finish. Do you think they beat the Eagles? Yeah, I do. I just think they're a more complete team. Um, they have to take care of the ball. They cannot have those that's that, what that I silly said, yeah. thing. Because uh, Eagles, yeah. I think, I looked it up yesterday, were fourth this year in, in, in takeaways of 31. So their defense is good, mm-hmm. and, and they're opportunistic, and so you— you can't have those moments where I'm being sacked. I'm gonna throw it up, and mm-hmm. that that could cost you. But in saying it, I think they're a better team. Um, I just think the Eagles will really struggle to score uh, against the defense. So I think it's gonna be a close game. If I was picking now, twenty to seventeen, it's gonna be hard to get to twenty points for either of these teams. To Zimmer's yeah. point, yeah. he he's right though. You cannot take that bad pick, um, missed field goal attempt at yeah. the end of the first half and a blocked punt, you can't take those type of mistakes and travel. There's no. not going to be another blocked punt. You will lose. Yeah. Those are fluke no, no, plays but, that you but shouldn't what, but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is if you put if you put together a trifecta of mistakes in that game, you will lose that yeah, game. Yeah, you can't have the, you know, just Case has to understand, don't play timid, but don't do that again. Which means the run. <laughs> don't, don't which, throw the ball up for grabs. Which means... In this case, the the run game has to work. Yeah, yeah. they've got to get the run get game, to, to which work. is not easy against that team. Because you run defense. Because you also can't go to Case and say the game is on you now. Mm-hmm. This has to be something where your offense, as a whole, works. It's well. It's got to be a complete game. Correct. But I, I think twenty to seventeen. Uh, let's take we got a couple more minutes here with Chip Scoggins. We've been comparing fan bases, Vikings and Eagles. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Bob, what's going on, man? You're on the show. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I'm kind of surprised that this has not gotten blown up more. Is the Eagles promoting fans to wear these dog masks? What uh, you know, when you put a mask on, you're you're creating an opportunity for mischief. So if the game starts to go awry, and a whiskey bottle comes out of the stands and hits somebody in the head, yeah, what are they going to do? Hey, the guy with the dog the mask. The guy with the dog mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good oh, point. Wait, no, the guy with the dog mask and the eagle jersey on. Yeah, but but then it's also hard even if they don't have the dog masks on. Yeah, it was uh, it was Vito with the Dawkins jersey. Oh wait, there's a thousand of them. Sorry. Well, once again, you put a mask on, you're promoting you know an opportunity for mischief. And geez, if you can imagine being a fan there and you're surrounded by these dogs and you want to do a skull chant, well, you know, that's what I'm saying. It might be a little da- dangerous if that's the case, Bob. This, this goes back to my idea. I think all the Vikings fans should have it clown masks on. <laughs> Seventy thousand all doing the skull chant inside the stadium. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. Is the, okay? Is it more violent inside uh, the Eagle Stadium, or if you go to some of the like the Dodgers games and you hear yeah. stories about uh, West Coast and brawls? What was it? The San Francisco the Giants, the Giants, Giants fan, the Dodgers, they, right? Yeah, yeah darn near killed that Giants fan. Like, yeah. Why can't we all just like it's all in good fun sports, except in a, in a few cities where it's life. It's yeah. life or death. This is one of them. I don't know, man. This is going to be one of them where it's life yeah. or death. Uh, percent chance, Chip, in the last minute here. Percent chance the Vikings win the Super Bowl from right now. I'd say 50. So he's kind of in line with us. Yeah, I think 50%. Of, think about that. They have a coin flip chance to win their first ever Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, there is good. You know, uh, Patriots obviously will, would, if they get here and the Vikings get here, they're going to be the favorite because it's the Patriots and Brady. And, but um, why not? The way, the way they're playing, um, defense. Keenum, as long as he doesn't make one of those plays again, um, why not? Oh, and then this guy's going to be the head official. All right, here comes Hockley with the, the call, the initial call. The ball was illegally touched, but it was also re- and it was then recovered by the kicking team. However, there was a holding by the receiving team number 57. 
That penalty will be enforced from the previous spot. That will replay fourth down. New England is challenging the ruling on the field that the ball was not touched, and therefore that the no recovery was illegal. If the ball was touched by the receiving team, it would be a legal recovery by New England down there. Explain that one to me, Chip Scoggins. Yeah. What? Explain that hockey league call to us. We need us. a few of those on Sunday. Oh, boy. The gun show, yeah. baby. Oh, we're going to be there for a long time, Chip. We're really going to be on deadline That game's going to go until about midnight Eastern. Uh, congratulations again. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, really, Chip, really appreciate that. Chip from the Star Tribune, he's going to be in Philadelphia this weekend. Judd's going to be in Philly. You're Judd, be doing... I'll see you there. Collar and I Let's will be there. Let's hope they don't stay till Tuesday this time. No, we huh? will not <laughs> stay till Tuesday. They need to play this don't game even bring on that Sunday. Up. Yeah. Don't even bring it up. Judd's going to be doing the Monday show, win or lose. We'll be doing the Monday show uh from philadelphia so we'll uh we'll have a good time mackie and judd let's come back here tom pelissero is going to join in about a half hour from nfl network and uh, we can talk about case keenum is he the most unlikely success story in minnesota sports and we'll take your phone call 651-646-8255